All right, into the Triangle Podcast, presented by Couch Guy Sports, episode 30. Again, no Jared Scally this week. He's still doing the dad thing. He's being a dad to his little girl. I'm not even going to say the name. I'm going to let him have the right to say the name. I will say the middle name is Fire. It is absolute fire. So that might be a hint, so just be ready. I am your host, Alan Hegan, this week. We have a three-man squad, per usual. Diego Galvis is back for, I believe this is your third episode in a row, I'm pretty sure. Yes, sir. Third in a row. So Diego might be uh, our pinch hitter going forward if we ever need a guy. (laughs) So we'll go from there. We also have another Couch Guy Sports blogger that's making, I believe it's his debut on the Couch Guy Sports Podcast Network, correct? Yeah, yeah, this is the first one. First one, but he is no stranger to radio because we did radio together in college. It is John Sensi. It is our Philly blogger, our resident Philly blogger. Johnny, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I I figured if we're going to talk some disappointing teams, uh, you're going to need to get me involved. I have years of experience with that, so happy to be on and help. Uh, you'll always have Super Bowl 52, so you can have that one, and you can have like oh. 08 or whatever. So, as always, Into the Triangle, brought to you by Couch Guy Sports. Check out all the blogs, everything daily. We give out the best bits. We give out all the hottest opinions daily, so go check that out. John Sensi writes for the site on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Diego, Tuesday and Saturdays. I write Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, so go check out everyone's content on there. Subscribe to our podcast, Into the Triangle, on iTunes, Podbean, you name it. You'll find us there. Obviously, subscribe to the Twitch channel, to the YouTube channel, and everything else in between. We're doing a lot of things here, so just be on the lookout for that because we are on the rise, and I continue to say it, and we continue to be on the rise. So jump on while you can. One team we can't jump on board with is the Boston Red Sox because, well, let's just call it like it is. They suck. They're horrible. So there was a little glimmer of hope over the weekend. They won two out of three against the Toronto Blue Jays. And we're thinking, okay, you know, they might have a little bit of momentum here. They're playing the Rays. Yeah, they're home, even though there's no fans. But still, you're thinking to yourself, okay, the tides can turn a little bit. Sure enough, three games into the series. So we're recording this on Thursday. And correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the date is August 13th. Red Sox have played three games against the Rays. Lost all three. Probably going to get swept tonight. And then we have to go to the Bronx to play the Yankees for four. So it's not good. It's not a good situation right now. But we're not going to talk about that because that's just going to drive us to drink. One thing we are going to talk about, Andrew Benintendi. So we've been sort of crapping on Benintendi, rightfully so. I mean, he was hitting below 100. He was hitting like 059 at one point. The weird thing, though, is that Benintendi the other night, he was leading off against the Rays. He had two infield hits, and it looked like, okay, he's starting to hit the ball harder. He's starting to get things going. And then all of a sudden, he falls during Tuesday night's loss to the Rays, and now he's placed on the injured list with what's quoted as a strained right side of his rib cage. This is according to Boston.com and the Boston Herald. I mean, what the hell are we doing? What the hell is going on with this team? It just seems like, It's the domino effect. When one thing happens, then the next one happens, then the next one, then the next one. And it just never seems like this team can just have something go right for them. They get a good start. There's no hitting. They score seven runs. They give up 10. There's just no consistency. And we're going to get into other teams. Like I said, John Sensi's our Philly blogger. He's a Phillies fan. We're going to talk about them later on in the show. But Andrew Benintendi, just when he thought he was going to turn a corner on the IL, and it's a shame. So, Diego, I'm going to start with you because, like me, you are a passionate Red Sox fan. Andrew Benintendi on the IL, 
How are you feeling? Do you feel like this is going to affect him later on in the season? Just give me your overall thoughts. I mean, you know, as we, as we spoke about it last week, you know, Ben Tending has been very questionable for the past couple of years. You know, you, you kind of wonder to yourself, do you really continue to rely on this guy in the left field or do you not? Do you continue to rely on him to be the leading bat or do you not? Or do you consider a possible trade? Last week, I talked about a potential trade where Francisco Landor can come in as a shortstop and, you know, we figure out the left field later on. This week, I'm thinking, you know, Osuna is available coming up. And he has a very hot bat going on right now from the Atlanta. Uh, I was gonna, I just about to ask, you're talking Marcelo Osuna from the Braves, right? Yeah, Marcelo, Marcelo Osuna from the Atlanta Braves. So, personally, the way that I'm thinking is – if the Rack Sox are really looking to consider this as a build-out year, that is a trade that you could, that you consider doing, because Marcelo Osuna will bring that heat and fire that the Rack Sox currently need. Not to you know to discount the fact that he did have a hot bat this past couple of days, but he hasn't been taking care of himself at all. No, and these injuries, the you know a fall like that. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a fall. You'll, you'll get hurt and whatever. But if you're definitely taking care of yourself, something like that should not impact you the way that it has impacted him this, this time around. And to consider a potential 10 days being without him, I mean, that, that – They've itself, even said that's going to be more. They said it could – Renneke came out and said it could potentially be more than 10 days. Exactly. So that in, that in itself is just questionable. I don't think, you know, I've been, I've been joking around for the past couple of episodes saying Brianna Peer might be this, the lifesaver. She can't work up a miracle in this case. This is, like, this is like the healing of a dead person that has been dead for many years. <laughs> You're not wrong. He, he, he's looked dead in some of his at-bats. It's just It hasn't been a great year for Benintendi. We know he can be serviceable, but this year so far has not been serviceable. John Sensi, kicking it to you. We know you're not a Red Sox fan, but you, like you said off air, you or actually even in your intro too, you've been a part of teams that have struggled to say the least in years past. That's putting it delicately. What would you tell Red Sox fans as far as Andrew Benintendi goes? Well, it it sounds like a fake injury, like <laughs> a strained right side of the rib cage. Like that's not a thing. I I don't know what that I don't know what that means. Um, but I think he was, he was trying to go first to third, right? I believe so, yeah. So that's what you get for hustling. Um, you get hurt, especially on a disappointing team. Save yourself. I don't know what – I don't even know what you're doing, um, especially on a skid hustling. That's what you get. Um, but but now they have uh, – they have Kevin Pillar. I mean, he's not a bad – I mean, he was a – what, two, three years ago was on every – top 10 highlight play. Yeah, he had four hits last night as the leadoff guy. Like, he's serviceable as a leadoff hitter. That's what you need. Right. I mean, he's not a bad option. I'm pretty surprised. So, they called up um, they called up a pitcher, right? I believe yes. it was uh, – they called up Ryan Weber in place of Benintendi, and then they made another move today with pitchers that we don't even know their names. We think they're just making up names at this point. So. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm no stranger to that. They, they talk about all sorts of – you know, this guy's coming up and then he gets traded and you never even heard of him. <laughs> um, but, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised that, that they're not relying on some young guys right now, too, like in the farm system. 
you're you're on pace to go 20 and 40 on the season. It doesn't look like it's going to turn around. Uh, I mean, the Phillies just called up Alex Bohm today, which has been a long time coming. I mean, I'm surprised that the Red Sox – I mean, I don't, I don't know too much about their farm system, but they've got to there's, have some – There's guys in the pipeline. You have guys like Bobby Delbeck, Tristan Cassis that you could bring up. Even if it's not for, you know, the outfield, you could just bring them up just to get a look at them, like you're saying with the Phillies. So, I agree with you. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 for sure. And, uh, I mean, that's – that's what I think. I mean, I'm no stranger to uh, this season's going nowhere. You know, this is a this is a garbage season. I mean, it happens. You know, five out of seven seasons in Philly. So, just the I mean, amount of disappointment in your voice, and just the amount of just pure sadness. I I feel for you a little bit right now. I really do. I know. And so besides, I mean, we're, we're big guys. We don't we don't usually hustle anyway. We knock in runs and then we just stay on first base until we're told to go to the next base. That's that's how it happens. I haven't hustled since 2016. There you go. Uh, problem. <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> I know. I mean, I wrote a I wrote an article <laughs> earlier uh, when the when the season was starting about how this short season. Um, I, I, I said I think the the title of it was "Start Planning the Parade." The uh, look at the 2020 Philly season, um, because they've statistically over the past three years been a first half team and then you get cut into these short seasons and it's it's kind of feast or famine with um with teams and you know guys like Ben Attendee and Martinez you know either they they get off to these really hot starts or they struggle get hurt end up hitting like 220 on the season so speaking of JD Martinez we are going to move on because I think we've talked enough about Ben Attendee and you know, we, we don't need to get on him anymore. He's, he's had it rough the whole season. So an injury is just, you know, adding insult to literally injury. J.D. Martinez, a lot of people realize that after this season, he can opt out of his contract and he can potentially sign somewhere else. Some people have even said, maybe you should take a look at a trade for him. And to that, I say, what the hell are you talking about? Because, so here's my thing with J.D. Martinez. He's one of the most complete hitters in the MLB. That guy is a legitimate workhorse when it comes to hitting. Tapes every swing, analyzes every swing. He is a proven Major League Baseball hitter. That is what J.D. Martinez is. You get J.D. Martinez off this roster. Yes, you still have Rafael Devers. Yes, you still have Xander Bogarts. Yes, you still have a few guys like Benintendi and Chavis, but you need, excuse me, you need J.D. Martinez in the middle of that lineup. Because without J.D. Martinez in the middle of that lineup, you're just taking away a big bat that needs to be in a Red Sox uniform for the next couple of years because when you free up that money after August 31st, once the luxury tax is reset, you can spend a ton of money. And I'm not saying they're going to get these guys, but you can go out and get a guy like George Springer. You can go out and get pitching like Trevor Bauer. You can go out and get guys that are going to make your team a lot better, not only hitting, but pitching-wise too. But you need J.D. Martinez there in the future. That is what you need him there for. So if you want to trade him, then in my mind, you're going complete rebuild. You're saying, okay, we're going to punt the next couple seasons, and hopefully by like 2022, 2023, you know, we're back in contention. And to me, to me, it's like you're not the Chicago White Sox. You're not the Tampa Bay Rays. You're not the San Diego Padres. You have one of the top five highest payrolls in the MLB. So you're, you're expected to compete every single year. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. 
And I know it sounds spoiled as a Boston sports fan, but that's just realistic expectation. You're expected to compete. And the fact that last year you didn't compete with all the talent you had, and this year throwing out whatever product you have on the field is just putrid, it's unacceptable. And I can't take it anymore as a Red Sox fan. It's getting to a point where I don't even want to watch the games. But I'm still going to because I'm a baseball guy. But J.D. Martinez, need to keep him around, need to keep him as part of the core, at least for the next couple of years. After that, then you can tell him, you know, bye-bye and go find another, you know, one or two-year deal. But, Sensi, I'm going to kick it to you actually real quick because I, you, ju- you just brought up J.D. Martinez. From the outside looking in as a non-biased – you're not a Red Sox fan, so this actually is perfect for you. Do you think J.D. Martinez is better off staying with the Red Sox, or do you think he's better off exploring elsewhere – considering his age and his defensive liabilities too. Um, on, on J.D. Martinez's side, I'm not sure. Um, it it kind of depends moving forward what they go and do with the DH, I think. Uh, with, with the DH and the NL right now, I think that opens up a lot of options for him. Um, but like you said, from the Red Sox side, I think if you trade Martinez, it's an admission of a rebuild. There's – I mean, there's there's no way that they can tell fans that they're planning on competing while getting rid of one of their biggest pieces in the middle of the lineup. Um, and, and like I was saying before, with this with this short season, there's a uh, a little bit of a feast or famine, especially with these um, with the with these big names, where some of them are starting a little slow, which is no big deal in 162 because they'll still hit 40 home runs. But when you start slow in 60, you're going to end up with seven home runs hitting 220. Right. So – Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I mean, so it would it make sense to trade them if you're going to rebuild? Yeah. But if you're going to tell fans that we're planning on competing, and I've – like I said, I've been there. If you're going to say that you're competing, you can't get rid of big pieces, and this is a big piece. It's probably the biggest piece you have in that lineup. I mean, before Mookie Betts was gone, this was your next guy. This was the guy that when Mookie gets on, J.D.'s probably going to knock him in. And that's how the Red Sox were so successful in 2018, which led to a World Series title. So, I don't know. I agree. you got to keep J.D. in the fold somehow. But, Diego, do you have any different thoughts or just additional thoughts on J.D. Martinez and his future in Boston? I mean, I, I think, you know, one bad year doesn't count for the rest of your career. Um, he's been a, a hot bat, as you have mentioned, and once the guy gets going, there's nothing stopping him. I think for for the Red Sox, instead of making this more of a rebuild year or finding a new identity, in that position, I kind of, I kind of would make a competitive market there. You know, you, I, I'm thinking of somebody in the likes of like a Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins. You know, 41 years old, turn, turning 41 in 2021. He's not going to want to play a full season at that age. I mean, the guy's, the guy's an incredibly potent hitter. But he's not going to want to play a whole season. And Minnesota is not going to ditch out, you know, a few other millions just to keep him for one year. No. He's going he's gonna to want a limited contract for one year. And that is what the Red Sox have the advantage of. They can literally hire this guy for one year and say, if you want to retire, retire. You can sign a new contract with Minnesota Twins just to retire as a twin and let it be. Not invest a ton of money 
but continuing to keep the DH position in the most of competitive markets, especially with somebody who's, I mean, he's incredible in that DH position. The guy, the guy at bat is, I, I, I don't even have words to describe it. I like the out of the box thinking. Do I personally think the Red Sox are going to be pursuing a guy like Nelson Cruz at 41? No. No, Just, probably not. But, but it's but like you said, it's outside of the box and it's something that you could do if JD Martinez, you know, does decide to opt out and leave. That is an option. You free up a lot somebody, of money. For somebody as young as JD, as JD Martinez, you need to find a way to lit up that fire underneath him. To bring him back to being like as competitive as he once was. And that is something that Nelson Cruz could do. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a lack of competitiveness with Martinez. I think it's just a case where he's just missing pitches that ordinarily he puts, you know, onto Lansdowne Street. He he's missing sliders right down the middle. Although last night he did hit a grand slam, which was kind of cool. He, yeah. he he crushed that thing and made I mean, it a game. It, it, it's a lack of everything overall with the whole entire Black Sox organization. Yes. Because if Amen. You, if you think about it with other teams in Boston, for example, you look at. Jason Tatum throughout the coronavirus lockup or however the hell you want to call it, he was still maintaining himself in great shape. Oh, yeah. There, there are videos all over the internet showing him just going off. You see the Patriots, Cam Newton, Cam Newton and Mohamed Sanu just training with each other like nothing. Right. And then you look at the Bruins keeping up in great shape, and that's why they are where they are right now. But the Red Sox, is- I, I didn't see much of them really caring for, for their shape should the season come back. They didn't give two shreds of a shit. To and be that is why we are talking about the Red Sox as the fourth team in Boston, which is unheard of in this day and age. But, hey, it happens. The fifth team in Boston, the Revolution, is doing a hell of a lot better than <laughs> Okay, so there you go. Take it from one of our soccer guys. He knows. He knows. So I'm going to take his word for it. But the only thing I will say about that is, over this lockout, I mean, there's no replacement for getting in a box and seeing, like, a 92-mile-an-hour slider mm. and 97 inside. I mean, basketball, I, I, there is no replacement for the actual competition of any of these sports, but there's no way for these guys to be seeing 92 on the outside corner, 97 inside when they're in a lockout. Right, unless you have like a state-of-the-art pitching machine that just nobody right. else can buy. But that's that again. It's not like seeing an actual pitcher throw the ball and actually mix up his pitches. As a baseball right. guy, you you understand that sense. So yes, agree. It's the, same, it's the same thing the Phillies are dealing with with McCutcheon right now, where he gets hurt last year. He so his first at bat this season was the first time he hit in four hundred and thirty days or something like that. That's right. I mean, I think he might have like two hits all year right now. But hey, at least he's a content factory with all the dancing and all the flipping of baseballs to the, you know, the cutouts and everything. I mean, McCutcheon's electric, man. I do. I love McCutcheon. I, and for the Phillies to go, McCutcheon has to go. And that's why it's such a big deal in this short season where they can't let him build up and get going. Because uh, it's been so long and he's got 60 games to just turn it on. And he can't right now, which is like the most frustrating thing because he's so good and he's such a glue guy for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same thing with with some of these guys on the Red Sox where you know if they had the time they could get going, and they don't have the time to get going. 
Yeah. Especially in a 60 game season, you got to pick it up like in the first five games. Otherwise look at Andrew Benintendi, perfect example, but final topic before not even a topic, just final little segment before we wrap up for the afternoon. Red Sox are going into Yankee stadium. They're playing four against the Yankees. Real quick predictions. I'm calling a sweep for the Yankees. I think they are going to sweep the Red Sox right out of the building. And this season is going to be O-V-E-R over. It's not, it's not even going to be competitive anymore. You're going to see a lot of salary dumps. You might see a lot of guys leaving Boston that you never thought were going to leave even two years ago. So I'm calling a Yankee sweep. Diego, what do you got? Against the Yankees, I'm calling it one and three. Okay. So you got the Red Sox one and one. So Yankees win three out of four. Johnny Sensi? Um, I mean, it doesn't start off good for them. They have uh, – they got Cole right off the gate, I believe. You don't and want to face Garrett Cole. <laughs> no. Um, and it doesn't help that they got Glasnow tonight before they go to the Bronx. Oh, they're in so much trouble. Like, yeah, I think, I think they'll take one from the Yankees. Um, but overall, I think that's one and four. Yeah, so that'll be one and seven in, the, in your last eight against the Rays and the Yankees. It's weird. Like, the Rays have won, like, 12 of 13 or 11 of 12, something stupid, in their last 12 or 13 games at Fenway. Just at Fenway Park, not even playing the Red Sox. At Fenway Park, the Rays own the Red Sox. I think, I think the Rays are made for a short season, too, with their bullpen. Oh, yeah. And, and their, their openers and the way that they, they limit all of their pitches – I think the Rays are made for a short season. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, if you have your two starters with Snell and Glass now, and then you can just – and Charlie Morton is your three, I mean, that's, that's a dominant one, two, three right there. And that's honestly – I'm going to say this right now. I think the Rays can compete with the Yankees in a playoff series because of their starting pitching alone. Besides Garrett mm-hmm. Cole for the Yankees, who has really done that well? Has Tanaka been – overpowering no has James Paxton had a a good start here and there yes but I still give me those three guys on the Rays over the three guys in the Yankees except for Garrett Cole I take Garrett Cole game one glass now I probably take game two and then game three it's close but I might even go with Charlie Morton I might so I don't know I agree I think the Rays are set up really well for the season then you got teams like the Orioles the Marlins that are just tearing it up in a short season they just got out to hot starts and now you're talking about them potentially in a playoff hunt so it's it's a weird time it's a weird season it's weird for Red Sox fans it's weird for Phillies fans it's weird for fans all over the map before we sign off actually you want do you have any Phillies things you want to get off your chest John Sensi this is a therapy session we're getting we're getting all of our thoughts and just fears and everything out there so floor is yours for the next two minutes it's been in a word, disappointing. Uh, you know, Aaron Nola has been a real, real bright spot. I mean, you expect him to be a bright spot, but he's still it, – it's it's really good to see um, how well he's pitching. Uh, there's been two games now where I, you know, I trust Girardi. I think he's a great manager, and I am so happy he's there. But there's been two times where he's taken him out of games and the bullpen just puked all over itself. Um, wow, sounds familiar. Sounds like a, a certain team in Boston. I know. Well, I mean, in his defense, one of them, they were winning like 13 to one, but the game ends up, he takes them out in the ninth inning and the game ends up being like 13 to eight. <laughs> Jeez. You know, so I mean, their bullpen has never been good. It hasn't been good since uh, Brad Lidge in 08. 
but it's especially bad now. They have no uh, no real vets in the bullpen. They come in, they give up three home runs a game. It's disgusting. Uh, D.D. Gregorius is awesome. I love D.D. Gregorius. D.D. Just wearing a mask nonstop and just hitting home runs. I didn't know he had a kidney condition until this year. I actually didn't know that either. They said he's because he's wearing a mask all the time now. He has a kidney condition. I'm surprised he's playing. I'm glad he's playing because he's tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, and I'll never, ever say a bad word about Bryce Harper. Um, I love Bryce Harper. Well, you can't. You're stuck with him till about, what is it, 2020? You're stuck with him till about 2033. I don't so care. So you really can't say anything him. bad. I hope they extend him. I don't care. <laughs> I love Bryce Harper. I loved him when he was on the Nationals, and I'm a Phillies fan. I love Bryce Harper. I'll never say a bad word. He hits the most majestic of home runs. That is true. He, he is graceful when he hits those absolute moonshots. Mm-hmm. But, I'll, yeah, I'll, it's the same thing that, as the Red Sox. The pitching is disgusting. The pitching makes you want to just go throw up. And then and you got Bryce. You got JT, who I, they still have not extended, JT Romuto. He's the best catcher in baseball. Oh, yeah. He hasn't been extended. Um, you have you have them, Didi Gregorius, and then everybody else is like, ah, who knows what's going to happen today? They're going to go over with four strikeouts, or you know, they might have Gene Segura. I think that's why Boom is coming up because Gene Segura is a bum. He cost him a game the other night because he ran across the mound calling for a ball and missed oh, it. Oh yeah, so, I, I saw that. Yeah, I, I saw. He's that. a bum. I mean, they're all bums. Baseball's I, stupid. <laughs> What's what's funny is that last year I picked the Phillies to win the East and they underachieved so much. And a lot of the blame was placed on Gabe Kapler, but now Girardi's in there and all that stuff. But the, we can talk Phillies and we can talk all that another time. This is a Red Sox podcast. We got to keep it Red Sox sort of centered. But the Phillies and the Red Sox, very similar. Good offenses, horrible pitching staffs. And we're probably going to be complaining about our respective teams for the rest of the 2020 season. Like John Sensi said, Baseball's dumb sometimes, and right now it's just really, really dumb. Final thoughts before we head out. Absolute final thoughts. Anybody? Um, yeah, like I, I said this before we came on, but I got a couple um, key phrases for you to stick on to as Red Sox fans, uh, as somebody who's gone through these seasons quite a bit. Let's hear them. Uh, my favorite one is um, that you're excited for the pieces we have moving forward. I do this every year. Um, you know, you, you, you hold on to a couple guys. If you extend J.D., Benintendi comes back, you got Devers, whatever it is. You just talk about those couple guys and how you're excited to have those pieces moving forward. Um, and then if all else fails, it's a 60-game season. Uh, the season doesn't count. I <laughs> love it. That's great. Diego, final thoughts? Well, frankly, I think it's time for the Red Sox ownership to take a step back, let somebody else actually be the owners to motivate these guys people that actually care about the game and care about the city itself. Once they do that, the Rexos will finally go back to consistency because if you looked at it year over year, it's one great year, two miserable years, one great year, two miserable ones. And it's enough is enough of the roller coaster. My final thought is this, after we get off this, I'm going to go watch the Celtics game because the Celtics are actually a winning team and they know how to actually compete. So that's what I'm I can't wait for Al Horford to be destroyed. That's all I got to say. We'll talk about that another day, maybe. We'll see. But that's it. Into the Triangle, episode 29, in the books.
Jared Scally probably will be back next week. We're not 100% sure on that. He told me he wants to be back, so we'll see if he's back. If not, we'll get another crew in here. We've had some really good crews. Diego and Fiesta, Diego and Kevin Perdios, Diego and John Sensi today. So, John Sensi on the bottom, Diego on my top left. I'm your host, Alan Mahigian. Thank you for listening, and we will see you hopefully next week.